Welcome to your morning constitution with your boy D-Mac and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And that's me as a um, a bummer. Now, what was it? Was it a good game? Yeah, it was a good game. I mean, it went to overtime. The new overtime rules, I think, are cool. I mean, I, I have no idea why Kyle Shanahan, when asked about, you know, choosing to accept the ball first, decided to do that. Um, yeah, that made no sense, though. It, here's why, because it's not a real game. And I, I, I have no idea what analytics they really were looking for, but it essentially was the exact same as college overtime. What's the difference? Each team gets to have the ball. There's no more clock that matters. There's no more clock that matters. Um, I mean, unless, because they, they say it's just a new game. But theoretically, then, Well, it's a little quirky. It's like it's college football overtime for the first possessions. In college football, you keep going back and forth and you always get the ball again. But at least in the first possession, it's exactly like college football. This is where we were so critical, rightfully so, of Deion Sanders this fall when he, he didn't really seem to understand the concept of the the benefit of seeing what your opponent does first. But if both teams equally get the ball, no matter what, it's always an advantage. I mean, always in life an advantage to see what your opponent does first. Do we have to go for it on fourth down? Uh, Yes, no. And some people were saying, well, their defense had already been out on the field and, you know, they needed more rest. And and to that, I, I, I say, what? What? I mean, I know little John was there at halftime, but was he running things post game too? It made no sense to take the ball first. There is way more reason to take the ball first at the start of a game, although most teams tend to defer, including the 49ers. And Kyle Shanahan says, well, they had really discussed it. They had really talked about it. Again, I, I I just don't get it when people who get paid to know football better than the average fan just don't understand basic strategy and math. It was a massive flub, and you didn't know that you needed to score a touchdown, although it is against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you could have figured it out, but no. 
instead of, you know, going for it on fourth down that you would know you would have to do if they had scored a touchdown, you kicked a field goal. Which, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, I don't know, man. Kyle Shanahan, this is rough, bro. You were up 10-0. 10-3 at halftime. You were up 19-16. Up until there's six seconds left where Kansas City tied it up. Then you're up 3-0. You were ahead significantly three different times in this game and blew all of it. And on the final possession in the overtime, Kansas City, you know, they didn't even really struggle all that much. Patrick Mahomes wins his third MVP, and they made the final drive look easy. I, You know, so if the defense was exhausted, perhaps they missed Greenlaw on the final possession, or perhaps... Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time, winning his third MVP in five years. I I, I just, I don't know. I picked the Chiefs. I think anybody with a brain picked the Chiefs. Well, you know. I mean, your your heart, my heart wanted the Diners. And my my heart was broken when Christian fumbled the ball. Although Christian did have a solid overall game, and it's not like the Chiefs didn't fumble the ball either. They did. So that sort of negated itself. And and Christian's fumble did not lead two points from Chiefs, but it definitely took away points at that moment from the Niners. But it was early in the game, and you've got to overcome things. And like I said, it's not like, The Chiefs didn't fumble. They did. It's not like Patrick Mahomes didn't throw an interception. He did. All those things did happen. And you just get into moments of, is this a team of destiny? It certainly is a dynasty. I don't know if there's much doubt about that, but that's certainly the case. So he has three MVPs in the Super Bowl. Mahomes or uh, Brady has five. He has three titles. Brady has seven. Brady still got him. He does. But what what's disheartening is what exactly is going to stop this team who is so tested in the playoffs from doing this a couple more times at least. Then you turn your head to the Broncos and you wonder, well, how do the Broncos fit in? And we'll spend a lot of time talking about it, but in terms of at the end of the day, and hey, listen, I thought Brock Purdy played great. Overall, played great. But at the end of the day, you see the value of the quarterback And it is a template 
that you need a a quarterback who not only not a running quarterback, but a quarterback who can run. That's what the dad bought out there, bro. So you don't have to be the swiftest of, of guys. Although it's good to be a Swifty. You just need the athleticism that Mahomes clearly does have to, to move around when he needs to move around. You need somebody smart. You need somebody who's a leader. And damn, did Brock Purdy get awful close. But it's that ability to, to do all those things under pressure that separates the good from the greats. And Mahomes, guess what? He's great. After the game, Andy Reid was asked about this odd moment. Ah! Ah! I mean, that was, you know, just kind of ah! shocking. He dismissed it. He just said he had bad balance. Ah! Travis Kelsey wants to compete. He wants to win. And he almost knocked his coach over. Ah! But I, I, I guess when you're winning championships, it doesn't matter. You can do anything you want to your coach. Ah! And just bookmark it is another one of the uh, infamous Chiefs things ah! that leads them to a championship. Ah! That should be the statue. Ah! Make that the statue. So, what next? Now that football is over, ah! it's time to get ready for the next year. The Combine's coming up. The new league year will start in March. The Broncos have to figure things out with uh, Russell Wilson, and you move on to the next thing. We'll talk more Super Bowl and football with our guys, Nate and Chad, coming up live at 8 o'clock. Stick around for that. What the hell is wrong with the avalanche? I mean, this is uh, dismal right now with what's going on. They gave up 27 shots on net in the second period to the Florida Panthers. They're 0-3-1, four losses in a row on the road trip, which Kale McCarr says, I don't know. I mean, um, I've never really had this in my five years here. It's not like it's break leg or anything like that. I get it. I mean, it's a weird spot for them to be in. I I don't get I mean, it. Um, I've never really had this in my five years here. It's not like it's break leg or anything like that. you got to be ready to go or that's our job professional hockey so um, if you're not ready to go you're doing something wrong so there's like I said every individual in this in this room knows their role and it's just um, having that execute it and um, sometimes it gets away from us and I mean this is something that we're not super familiar with losing four in a row I don't know if this has ever happened since I've been here to be completely honest with you so um, it's, a, it's you got to take it as a learning curve another one but it's, it's tough to be in games like that when you feel like you're not generating enough and then uh, Again, you're just getting pressed on the whole night, basically. Well, I mean, um, I'm... 
welcome. Sorry, Kale. We already heard from you. Thank you to Gorilla Sports, my guy Jesse and the crew. Thank you, Gorilla, for that sound. They go to everything. They're everywhere. And they talk to Jared Bednar as well as my friends from Altitude and Kyle Kiefer there. And Jared Bednar said, well, we started feeling sorry for ourselves. I felt like we kind of went the other way tonight, like maybe feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves instead of digging in and, and getting away. I, I felt like we kind of went the other way tonight, like maybe feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves instead of digging in and, and getting to work and sort of trying to work and climb and chip our way out of this thing. And um, So we'll have to start at next games that didn't happen tonight. Wow, feeling sorry for ourselves. I know, I know how it made me feel. Arrgh! I don't know what's going on. I seriously have no clue with what's happening with the abs right now, but it ain't good. I'm not hitting the panic button, but it's not something that you want to see. So now what for the avalanche? Well, they have to, they stayed an extra day to, to watch the Super Bowl, and they're, they're not playing until tomorrow in Washington, and then Thursday in Florida. <laughs> what a crazy schedule. That ain't good. Washington's bad. Tampa's good. I don't know if it even matters now. Everybody seems to be good. Nate McKinnon hasn't had a point in three games. That hasn't happened in forever. Ryan Johansson just looks, you know, like, I guess, Ryan Johansson. Georgiev gives up a goal here or there that you're kind of like, well, what was that? Okay. And in terms of the standings, where they are overall in the Western Conference, well, they're now in, uh, you know, they're in fourth place. It's not the worst thing in the world. In their division, they are second place, two points behind the Stars. Stars still have a game in hand. How the Oilers have five games in hand at this point is weird, to say the least. And the Vancouver Canucks, who have the same amount of game games played as the Avalanche, are eight points ahead of the Avs. So if you're going to make hay during the playoffs, um, you're probably going to have to go on the road a bit unless something miraculous happens. Four, five, and one in their last 10. They've lost four in a row. It's a rough patch for the Avalanche. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But something's got to change. So while we were okay, it felt collectively with the Avs not doing anything at the trade deadline or the uh, this uh, with the Nuggets not doing anything at the trade deadline, that that's not the same vibe for the Abs because we don't want to be ah! about hockey the rest of the year. Meanwhile, in the NBA, quiet night there for the uh, for the Nuggets, and at the uh, beginning of this week, we look at the standings. And we see the Nuggets are technically in fourth place. But it's, again, 
a weird fourth place. And the big four are the Thunder, the Clippers, the Wolves, and the Nuggets. So technically they're in fourth place because, I don't know, conference, this, that. They're all a half game out of first. And they're all at least five games ahead of the Suns and the Pelicans who are tied and five and a half games ahead of the Kings. So, in my opinion, you're you're getting to the separation of five games at the All-Star break, you know, I think is impossible to catch better teams who are five games ahead. The collapse and how well you'd have to play to catch a team five games in front of you is, is kind of staggering. Tonight, it's the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. They are 34 and 19. So they are a pinch worse than the Nuggets, who are 36 and 17. But but obviously, right there. And you have two games. That's it. Two games. Two games before the All-Star break for the NBA. So this, after getting Shaw lacked by Sacramento. This is one that you've had rest, had the whole weekend off. I don't know where y'all hung out and watched the Super Bowl together. If you didn't or you don't care, who knows? But you feel like this would be a nice one to tuck under your belt. And I'm going to say you should smash Sacramento. Give it right back to them from what they did to you on Friday on Wednesday at Ball Arena. Which will be the first event at Ball Arena in a minute, huh? So we've had these kind of weird, long, what the hell's going on breaks from action at Ball Arena. I mean, it's gotten so bad, I've actually spent time with my wife, who turns out to be amazing. On Saturday, uh, I did reunite with a high school friend. And he's an excellent skier. Better than me. Here's my guy, Jamie Tedford. Look at us. Look at us. Yeah, he's tall and handsome. What a shock. Like, I don't have issues being short and muggle-like. But my, my best friend from high school is like a AARP model. We skied something called the Cirque Bowl. This is it right here. And it's a little tricky because I don't know if you can tell how steep things are. But if you narrow in on the uh, the ridge there, you can see those are, they look like ants up there. Those are people. <laughs> it was a 30-minute walk. And some of the most heart-in-your-mouth skiing I've ever experienced in my life. Now, the hike was more or less flat. It wasn't like a big uphill climb like a Highlands Bowl. But I seriously was standing on the ridge. Nowhere else to go because it took 30 minutes to hike there. So it's not like you could just turn around. You, The only way to get out of town was to ski down this sucker. But every once in a while in life, you want to put your heart in your mouth, don't you? You got to be careful. And as I'm walking into the abyss, because this has actually good visibility, but this is not what it looked like when I was walking there. I couldn't see three feet in front of me. 
if, if there weren't polls like um not ski poles, but just poles along the side of the path, I, I would have no idea where I was going. And there's a lot of drop-in places along the way. And anyways, they kept you relatively focused there. And this is all that crazy Colorado, not backcountry, inbounds backcountry experience. And I, I got to experience at Winter Park. And despite how good-looking my friend Jamie is, I enjoyed spending this time with him, that's for sure. And then we just caught up on things and try to figure out where everybody was in life. And he's a big Patriots fan, of course, being from Boston. And we shared memories connected with sports, friendship, experiences. And he was there with his kid, who's uh, a freshman at DU. And as it turns out, a lot of kids from Massachusetts want to come to Colorado. Uh, skiing here might be the reason. So I was grateful to still be in good enough shape to be able to do what to me is the best part of Colorado, getting outside. And you know, it's only a day trip, which is crazy that we can wake up the morning in the suburbs of Denver and be in this world a few hours later. Ain't Colorado grand. All right, let's get to some of your comments for what you were thinking about stuff over the weekend. And here we go. Andy Reid is a much better coach than Sean Payton. We have no quarterback. Well, that is hard to argue. LOL. Nice joke. Uh, I mean, are you talking about... Uh, okay. What? Oh, gotcha. Uh, you cannot beat the Chiefs if you aren't at least two possessions. Whoa. Uh, you cannot beat the Chiefs if you aren't at least two possessions ahead at the two-minute warning. Also, like it or not, Mahomes is redefining how the position of quarterback is being played and defined. You know, uh, I think you're right about that. I think that's a great observation. And I do compare it to the Nuggets. If the Nuggets get you in the death zone, which is five minutes to go, and they've got any kind of lead, one-point lead, fine, probably even tied. But if you're at that moment, how do you beat the two-man game of Murray and Jokic with Michael Porter Jr.? This is when everybody's healthy, they're rested, and everything is equal. I don't know how you beat the Nuggets in that situation. Frankly, I don't know how you beat the Chiefs either. The Chiefs were handed the trophy by a Broncos legend inside of Raider Stadium. Could they be winning anymore? I hate those guys. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate insult to injury. The mo I didn't know John Elway was going to be the one handed them the trophy. I mean, that would have been, of course, amazing if he's passing off the trophy to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. That would have been incredible. Nope, there's John Elway. Rub the Broncos' faces in it a little bit more. Handing the trophy to the Chiefs. <sighs> yeah, good, good, uh, good observation there. Uh, DMAC, did you listen to the Wiz Khalifa Apple music interview with Skip Bayless and Coach Prime over the weekend? Uh, I saw I saw Prime 
doing a bunch of it. You got to tell me what struck you about it. I mean, I heard, I saw Prime actually get interviewed by a bunch of people. I mean, specifically, what's up? Let me know. What up, DMAC? I was at the beatdown the Avs got from the Florida Panthers. Woof, you were there? The first 10 minutes were okay. And then we're, we got to hang in there. Like, is McKinnon all right? I mean, he face-planted with about 11 minutes to go. And, yeah, is he all right? Oh, boy. Talk Super Bowl, friend. Everyone knows you're an average skier. Oh. Okay. Average skier that, Corey. Average skier that. It was, I was really, I I was, I, I barely survived it, dude. I was like, I did get to one part. I was a little bit like, like three turns. Okay. All right. Uh, you're not wrong. 50, hey, 55 in June, though, bruh. You know what I'm saying. DMAC, it's a lot of kids from the New England area, also including Connecticut. Yeah, they love Colorado, as it turns out. You're flat this morning. Get some coffee. He's killing me. I'm I'm getting critiqued. Uh, Corey. Funniest thing I heard was Coach Prime saying that during a preseason scrimmage, they're going to have a fashion show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, well, they they learned that the entire weekend needs to be, you know, exciting and do all sorts of things. So they are having a fashion show. So good. Good for CU. I have learned with CU that I should go back to the way I always was with CU. And that is just good for you guys. And I hope you win. And gosh darn it, you didn't win. And better luck next time. But spending time being like critical or uh, don't do that. Because it's it's largely covered media-wise by a, a ton of sycophants that just will agree to whatever you say. And to be critical of anything is to be all sorts of mean, nasty, dirty, ugly things. So awesome. That's what I say to everything. Awesome. You got uh, Pat Shermer as your offense coordinator. Awesome. You want to do fashion shows. Awesome. You got a DC. Nobody's ever heard of. Awesome. I live down here in Fort Lauderdale, working sports radio. All right, brother, my man. Oh, that must be fun. Fort Lauderdale sports talk radio. How's Bradley Chubb doing? That's still cool, that mound. Yep, Winter Park. Good times. Uh, are we still talking about what a great coach Shanahan is after watching him blow second half of big game? I'm over it. Uh, that's a fair criticism. You know, I think Kyle obviously has... This is tough. 
and they're doing on ESPN right now, 49ers leads blown in the fourth quarter by Kyle Shanahan. Maybe Kyle's just like a really good coach, not a great coach. And he unfortunately has, it's that's, that's a good one. How good of a coach is Kyle Shanahan? Ah, uh, that's a fair, you know what? That we'll debate that with Nate and Chad coming up after eight o'clock. Seeing how we give away that Lombardi was um, cringy and terrible. I gotcha. Don't forget Brady had a 10 year Super Bowl drought. We don't have to resign to sucking until Kermit retires. All right. Miami Sports Radio. Oh, all right. Well, that's pretty big. Miami Sports Radio is big time for sure. Why is my voice going so high up? Bradley Chubb, I say he's invisible and I have everyone I want to go after me. <laughs> I know that world. All right, and on that note, um, I appreciate you tuning in. Even my Corey's just like, you're flat. I'm, I'm leaving you for Mike and Mark. Well, there's only one thing to wrap things up and to say to Corey. Wait, wait. We'll be back with Nate and Chad at 8 a.m. I, I maybe I am flat. I don't know. You're you, you're probably right, Corey. Well, he's not listening anymore, so I'm even bothering talking to him. But this was a little rough, man. Nuggets get blasted on Saturday or uh, Friday. Abs get pounded on Saturday. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. But I did this. So up yours mid 50s. <laughs>